Man, I have some great news I want to share with you guys. First, let's welcome Navar. Let's welcome Navar. Let's welcome everyone watching online today. We are so glad that you joined with us today. Today is the day that God has made. I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it. Are you thankful today? Man, we could be in a lot worse places, man. I'm thankful to be in the best place. David said, God, this is the one desire of my heart. And that's that I could live in the house of the Lord forever. Man, better is one day, right? One day in God's house. Here's some great news I want to share with you. Last Sunday, we celebrated our 1,000th person that gave their heart to Jesus. That gave their life to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, I'm clapping for that. Thank you, Dr. Ben Lloyd, for leading that. Absolutely. Come on, church. It's incredible, incredible what God has done. Now, we're going to do it again because I don't think everyone heard me, all right? Because I'm pretty sure that should have been like everyone standing. I'm pretty sure that's how that one was supposed to right? Like if, if someone hits a home run at the Wahoo, Wahoo game, I bet you get a little excited, don't you? I bet you're not as sophisticated as you're trying to look today, right? Someone get up there and Wahoos are losing. And somebody hits a grand slam, I bet you get a, or, or my God, college football. Let's not even go there. All right. So y'all sit down. We're going to try it again. I, I'm, this is a coaching moment. Okay. And so you get it. Then we don't got to go back over it. All right. So we'll know it for next week. Here we go. All right. Here's the, some exciting breaking news. Momentum church. We got people in Africa watching. We got people all over watching that this moves them. So let's be moved, Momentum Church. Last Sunday, number one, zero, 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 cross the line of faith. Give God some praise, church. Come on. That's awesome. That's awesome. Stay standing, stay clapping, stay excited. Come on, church. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. 1,000 people Satan lost. Hell got a little smaller. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you. Listen, listen, we celebrate number 1,000, but we celebrate number one, number two, number three. Y'all don't want me to count to 1,000 today. Number four, number five. We celebrate all of them. And I wanted to go back and give you a second opportunity to get excited about something eternal. Because I didn't want you to be in heaven when we were watching the replay and we announced it and you were sitting down when all heaven was standing up going nuts. He'd be like, oh my gosh. You know, it's kind of like going to a baseball game, you're picking your nose and then all of a sudden you're on the cam. Like, you don't want that moment to happen, right? You're like, you just, you ever watch that? Sometimes they'll hone in on the players and the players are out of it. They're forgetting they're on TV and they're sitting there. They just, you know, they're doing something. And then you're like, yeah, I wouldn't have done that on national TV if I were you. Man, we got something to get excited about. Listen, Momentum Church is a church that is connected. And I have one goal today, and I just want to put it out in front of you. I just want to say it and spray it, will it and deal it. So every one of you in Navarre, everyone in Gulf Breeze, everyone in the sound of my voice will understand what's at stake today. We have a mission today. And our mission is to move you from where you are to where you need to be. From where you are to where you need to be. I need you to move today. I dare you to move. 
not in your seat, not from your chair, but I need you to shift today. I need there to be a paradigm shift in your life. Because you know what I know? What I know is Americans are so connected. But God has something greater than connection. God has something called community. And it is my purpose. It is everything within me today to put all of my energy and all of my effort and all of my focus into getting you to move today from being connected to getting you in community. We're all connected. If you have a smartphone, stand up. If you're not standing up, but you're on social media of some facet, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat, whatever it is, would you stand up? Is there anyone not standing up? Okay. (laughs) Chris, we are all jealous of you, my man. Turn around, look. Look at someone. Turn around, look at someone beside you. Say, you so connected. Turn to someone else. Say, why are you so connected? All right, you be seated. You be seated. You know, organic. There's something about organic. Organic is the real deal, right? Like organic um, is awesome, but organic costs. It costs. Organic is great. I, um, I, I went and got this uh, juice here. And uh, organic apple juice, 100% pure, from fresh organic apples. No additives of, and I like this, any kind. Drink your apple a day. Now this, this right here, man, this is just half a gallon. This will set you back like $7. Some of y'all are like, man, I'm sticking with Coke. <laughs> I'm sticking with Coke. Coke is it. Some of y'all are like, Dr. Pepper, man, that's what the doctor ordered. I'm going to stick with that. Someone here, I think, likes Diet Mountain Dew, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody, somebody here, I think a few of you. But, but this right here will cost you a whole lot more than that stuff will. You know why? Because this is good for you. This helps you live longer. This helps you experience life to the fullest. So it's going to cost you something. It's organic. It's organic. First time I ever had organic apple juice. I was, I was like, what, wow, wow, like how deep, how rich the taste was, because I was used to the watered down stuff, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like I remember growing up at our house, we had that, y'all don't do this anymore, but we had the little, the, the frozen, you remember the little frozen things that you dump in the pitcher, and then mom would put like four gallons of water in there and stir it, and say, Jesus, make this thing go, go far, man, spread this, God, like keep it coming. I remember she'd stir it and stir it, and we'd drink that, and then we had Kool-Aid over here, and man, you get a little packet of Kool-Aid, and some of y'all don't even know what Kool-Aid is, you're missing it, but, but... My sister, my sister one day, she made us some Kool-Aid. Well, mom was out. She's going to fix us lunch. I'm telling on you, Christy. And uh, she made some Kool-Aid. She put sugar in the water and forgot the Kool-Aid. And uh, we were drinking it, and we're like, something's not right here. It's not colored. And she's like, no, 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 I didn't. No, no, no. You missed the ingredient. See, the thing about organic is organic, organic, you don't have to worry about them adding to it. It is just how God intended it to be. God has something greater, something that's a little bit more organic than connection. 
I know this about connection. Connection can wear you out. I mean, we got email. So you check our email, but 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 then you got then then you go on Facebook, man. You got messages. You get messages on Twitter. You keep up with everything people saying about your pictures on Instagram, right? And like we want to stay so connected. How many of you? Let's just confess right now. Get it out of the way. How many of you are? Con- how many of you are? I was going to say connected to your phone. How many of you are? Are addicted to your phone. Let's go there. How, honest to God, how many of you are addicted to your phone? Raise your hand. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me go a little bit more. How many have ever gone on vacation? You said, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to turn the phone off. I'm not bringing the laptop. I'm not going to do it. How many almost killed you? Like you lasted for like an hour. Before you turned it on, you're like checking real quick, you know, no cell phone here. I got nothing. What are you talking about? What did you talk about? I didn't look. What? We are connected. We are so connected. We are a connected generation. I want to talk to you today about table fellowship. I want to talk to you about table fellowship today. Table fellowship is creating and celebrating the presence of Jesus. See, Jesus didn't just want to be connected. Jesus believed that there was something more, something a little more organic than connection. And he believed in real, authentic, organic community. That is where you could be known, you could be fully known, and yet fully loved and fully accepted. It is the opposite of Satan's lie. Satan says, if they knew you, they wouldn't like you. Jesus says, I know you, and while we were sinners, Christ died for us. What that means is God got the skinny on us. God knows all the details. He has seen every, every horrendous moment of our life. He's seen every wonderful moment of our life, and he loves us and still chooses us. And he offers us to step into that type of love. The word is community. I want to talk about table fellowship. Jesus oftentimes would get with his disciples. And those tables back in the culture, man, they were just a little bit off the ground. So when they're having the Lord's Supper, communion, they would be on the ground, on the floor, leaning. You remember the story. The disciple whom Jesus loved was leaning against him. And they're all gathered around the table. Creating and celebrating the presence of Jesus. You know what you and I need? We don't need one more app. They got an app for that. If not, we ought to create it called one more app. And then you like subscribe and it says, no, thank you. Shutting down in three, two, one. I don't, you know, we don't need that. We don't need one more thing to distract us. There's real authentic healing in real authentic organic love. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, table fellowship. You know, some of the greatest memories of my life are around the table. I remember growing up when we had our accident. I lived with my grandparents, and, and I remember being around their table. Man, I have great, vivid memories of sitting next to my pop and thinking as a little boy, what a man. And now I'm a man, and I think, what a man. I remember the way he chewed. I remember the way he ate. I remember what he ate. I remember how he would pray and thank the good Lord for the food on the table. Something about holding hands around the table. 
If you're here today, parents, I want to encourage me as well as encourage you. Take time. We live in such a fast food society where we get it and we go. We get it and we go. But we are less than we were created to be because we're always on the go. And the truth is we need to slow down. We need to power down and not just connect, but have authentic community. Jesus believes in that. The table fellowship, he says, come, 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 come and dine. The master calls, come and dine. You feast at his table anytime. You can come to him. We have the same. I, I, I don't get it, but Jesus said it would be better for him to leave and send the Holy Spirit than it would be for him to stay. But, but I often think I would love to be, walk and talk with Jesus. But Jesus said, I'm going to give you something better. We have the Holy Spirit. We connect with God. We connect with others. The Jesus Creed is found in Deuteronomy. It is, it is, hear, O Israel, hear this, that we are to love the Lord our God with everything we've got. And we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. You know what God is wanting to teach us today? That, that we know we need to love God. How do we love God? You know how we love God? By loving each other. Scripture says, do the hard work of getting along together. How many of there are people in your world you wish there weren't? How many of there are you say, yeah, every time we get around the table, the problem is he comes. She comes. Every family reunion, oh my goodness. Every Thanksgiving, Christmas, we never know. We demonstrate by how we communicate. We demonstrate God with how we communicate love to each other. And God says, come. God wants you to have table fellowship. There's something about sitting down and eating. A couple, couple weeks ago, we had our Sabbath Sunday. And I did a Cajun boil. And it was Cajun. It was a little too spicy for 90% of our team. And so all over there, they're like, I'm on fire. My mouth's on fire. And, um, and, and the children are like, they're like, our mouth's on fire. You know, so I'm like doing what any good pastor would do. I'm stuffing ice cream in their mouth as fast as I can. I'm like, here you go. Ice, ice cubes in one hand, ice cream in the other. This is going to help you. And our team, you know, is, man, we got plenty of food. Anyone? Oh, no, we're full. We're full. And then about an hour later, Frankie, uh, Frankie got his hot wings fixed. And, um. And he, the hot wings came up, and I turned around in one moment. I turned around, and our whole team, man, our whole team was over there. They're eating like they hadn't eaten in three weeks. <laughs> and I thought a couple things. I only tell you one of them. But I, <laughs> I thought this. I thought, look at that, God. Look at how you've blessed us. Look at the width of our team and their families. And it just did my heart good to see them all together doing life together you and i were created to do life together life is better together would you say that life is better together i want you to remember that say it navar say it with me real loud and proud here we go come on everyone life is better together nothing worse than being isolated i mean jesus on the cross and he was not only tempted like we've been tempted, he experienced, he, he knew, he knew what isolation was like. Some of you today, you lost a loved one. Maybe you went through a horrible divorce. And your life, you feel like you're a shell of the man or woman you used to be. And you miss your husband, you miss your wife. 
You miss that community that you have, the, the ability to be fully known and fully loved, fully accepted. And you know the some of you are watching online right now, you know the hurt and the pain of doing life alone. And God says, I don't want you to do life alone. Life is better together. God in himself is community. Let us make man in our image. Let us. That's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is God is three in one, but he's one in three. And, and it's a little complicated. But if I could understand it, God probably wouldn't be that awesome. But he's three persons, but he's one person. So in the very beginning, God was talking to himself. The father was talking to the son. The son was talking to the father. The father was talking to the Holy Spirit. And they said, let us make man in our image. And then they made man created in their image. And they looked at everything they created and they said, it is good. But wait one second, this isn't good. They looked at all the animals and the animals weren't alone. There were little Rottweilers playing over here. And little birds whistling at each other over here. And there are two giraffes over here. And they were necking over there. And and then all of a sudden God says, we need to to make woman. We need to, by the way, do you know Eve didn't get her name until after the fall? Do you know that? Like I always wondered like in Genesis why he said the woman that you gave me, she didn't have a name yet. That's why he said the woman. It wasn't like he was just like the woman. She wasn't named until after the fall. And God says, this isn't good. It's not good to be alone. It's not good to be alone. Maybe that's why scripture says, whoever finds a wife finds a good thing. Because we were, amen. Someone's smart. Someone just got some brownie points. You can thank me later, sir. That was a setup. Some of you missed it. That could have been a comeback in your relationship. You should let it pass by. It's not good for man to be alone. God's like, oh, what are we going to do now? We need to create a woman. That's what we need. Because life is better together. Life is better together. You know, Satan, um, Satan hates community. And so Satan's very act to tear apart man's relationship with God was Satan's very part to tear or very. It was his very interest in tearing apart community and walking with God. Here's what I'm saying. Man walked with God. In the cool breeze, man walked with God and they talked. They had FaceTime, face to face. As connected as we are, I got all kinds of stats about Facebook and Instagram and how many tweets and Google Plus, all these things that are happening today and 7.2 billion people in the world and, and how many people are just, uh, how many people have, have social media and it's mobile. That's the thing, man. It's mobile and, and the giant of Facebook and, and life as we know it is all about connection. Connection's good, but God has something that trumps connection and that is community. That is community. When you are fully known and fully loved, most of us hide behind a mask. We hide. And God says, come out, come out. The very fact that Adam fell in the garden, God comes and he says, where are you? Should speak volumes to us that God did not want not only Adam to be alone, so he gave him Eve, But when sin entered the world, sin created a chasm. And now God was separated from man. And God's very act of asking, Adam, where are you? Ought to be everything we need to 
instill our belief that God does not want to be separated from us. I love one of the last verses in Revelation. There will be no more sea. That speaks of separation. Your sister's separated from, by you, Frankie, by a sea. One day there'll be no more separation. Isn't that going to be awesome? We're going to be in heaven with Jesus. We're going to be in heaven with our brothers and sisters forever and forever. Well, we better learn to get along with each other here on earth. We got some work to do, don't we? Got some things I want to talk to you about. Table fellowship. Table fellowship is when Jesus was there, community was there. The disciples could be who they were, and yet Jesus, his presence created celebration. Many times Pharisees say, why aren't you fasting, y'all? Why aren't you fasting? You're supposed to fast. And Jesus said, oh, listen, listen, listen. Man, I am with, that's my favorite word, when God named himself Emmanuel, God with us. God wants to be with you. And you know how God is with you? You know how God is with you? So many times it's through the acts of love through other people. In other words, no one should stand alone. No one should walk alone. God didn't want Adam to walk alone. God doesn't want you to walk alone. There ought to be people in your life. There ought to be people in our life that on the great days, they are there to celebrate. And on our darkest days, they're there just to be there. You know, one of the things being a pastor means that you do funerals, you do weddings, and weddings are, most of the time, weddings are really, really happy. And you do funerals. I like the happy funerals. I love doing a happy funeral where the family pulls me aside and says, now, preacher, listen, man, we're going to miss mama. We're going to miss daddy. But today is a celebration of their life. And we are going to celebrate. And we may have tears, but we also have joy. That's what Jesus invites us into. He invites us into table fellowship. I want to look at some scripture. Take your Bibles, your smartphones, go to Acts, Acts 2. We're going to read some scriptures here. I'm going to notice four things that the early church, they were devoted to. How many are devoted to college football? Raise your hand. How many devoted to college football? You love college football. How many devoted to shopping? Raise your hand. How come your hands are so low, man? There's some people that are like this. How many love shot? You're devoted to it. Uh-huh. People go yard sailing, you know. My, Stephanie loves to go yard sailing. You know, loves to get up. Vanessa loves that, man. Go find a deal. Find a bargain. Get up early in the morning, man. Beat everybody. How many devoted, man? You say, you know what, man? I'm devoted to my work. I can say that. I'm to raise your hand. I'm devoted to what I do. These early Christians were devoted to a couple things, and it was a game changer, and they changed the world because of it. Let's pick up as these new believers are added to the church. If you read in chapter 2 in verse, in verse 41, we read, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, 3,000 in all. So all of a sudden, the church has to assimilate 3,000 new believers. So you know what I know? The church was bigger than 3,000. 
all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Verse 42. These were some devoted people. They had some disciplines. All the believers, not some of the believers. This wasn't like just the new ones that got saved were really excited because they found Jesus. This was all of the believers. This is, you know what? They devoted themselves to teaching. What does this mean? They went to church. They didn't have Christian radio back then. They didn't get to repost Christian messages online. They showed up where the word of God was preached. Peter had just preached the word. People came to hear the word because it is the word of God that is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. This thing is dynamite. The Greek word is uh, dunamis. It's where we get our English word dynamite. It is powerful. And whenever the word of God was being preached, God's people said, man, we want to show up and we want to show up ready to receive a word from God. They were devoted to the apostles teaching and the apostles were devoted to praying and to teaching. Now, these Christians, these believers are devoted to the apostles teaching, number one. And to fellowship, we're going to come back to that, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. They're devoted to it. It wasn't a little add-on. It it wasn't an appetizer. It, It wasn't just a little part of their life. They were devoted to it. Some of you are devoted to managing your finances, and that's why, why you have money in the bank, because you're a good steward. And you've invested money and you've invested time investing money to make good decisions with your money because you realize at the end of the day, you're nothing more than a steward of God's gift to you. And we realize to whom much is given, much will be required, required. So I want to be a good steward of what God gives me. Listen, these guys were good stewards of their time. How did they invest their time? They didn't spend it. Be careful on what you spend your time. So much of what we spend our time on, one day we'll look back and say that was wasted time. Don't spend your time, invest your time. These early believers invested their time in number one, teaching, number two, in communicating, in communicating. That's fellowship. When I grew up, we went to church, we'd have things like a fellowship hall. And we would have a fellowship meal, or we would have a potluck. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And the whole church would show up that Sunday. FBI couldn't find them 48 weeks out of the year. But when you said we're going to have food, everyone showed up. They showed up. They showed out. They brought their famous dish from Aunt Martha's kitchen. And here it was. You know, they showed and it was high attendance Sunday. And so every year the church would have more of them. (laughs) The leaders getting smarter. They're like, this year we're going to have eight fellowships. And someone said, that's a great idea, pastor. Eight fellowships. We're going to have eight high attendance Sundays. These guys showed up. But they didn't just show up. They communicated. They did life together because life is better together. They communicated. That is, they were real. When you're real, then you can heal. Some of you never get healed until you're ready to be real. Got to drop the mask. Some of you, the, the, the truth is today, I just hope you understand that Satan wants you alone. 
He wants you isolated. I got a, a little video we're going to show here. My friend um, put this on Facebook and showed me, and it's worth investing our time in. If we can go to that here in just a second, we're going to go to to this little clip. This this is uh, this really happened, and it just reminds me of how much the enemy tries to get us isolated, because he knows when he can get us isolated, he can attack us. He can jump on to us and eventually wear us out. And the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Let's look at the screens. Line. I think the one I got hit with the one line. Well, it's not going to do it on its own, it's waiting for some help. Come, here come the cavalry. This is amazing. Coming to help other boys. Here's the big boy. Go line, I'm big puff up. Go line. Oh shit. What's up, dude? Right. Yes. Gee, camera. I've got all that blue. Oh my word. Yeah, I got it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's on okay. then. When we get isolated, we get alone, we get in trouble. The enemy jumps on us and thinks we got him now. But iron sharpens iron. There's something about being in Christian community with other people that, that when the enemy has you down, when the enemy has you down and he's trying to take you down to the ground so you can do a little ground and pound, you can let out a call for your Christian brothers or sisters to say, I need some help. I'm feeling a little weak. Someone help me. And God will send someone in your life to get the enemy out of here. That's the power of community. That's the power of doing life together, and I think it's better. We're going to launch today. We are launching community groups. And I want you to understand that community groups are our greatest potential to make the greatest difference in our community. See, we are better together. I can go stuff a couple backpacks, but when we come together as a church, it is amazing what God can do. And the early believers got that. They said, we're going to go for the teaching and the communicating, the community back and forth and, and the sharing of meals. We're going we're gonna to spend time together and enjoy each other's company and do life together. And then we're going to pray together. That was the four 
pillars of our faith. And I want to challenge Momentum Church. I want to challenge you to be devoted to what the early church was devoted to. I love America. I believe in America. Thank God for great churches that God is building all over this country. But I want to tell you something. John 17 talks about Jesus' dream. The prayer of Jesus right before he's betrayed. And his prayer is that we would come together. He said if we would come together as Christians. Then the world would know. Number one. He sent us. 21. Verse 23 says. If we would come together in Christian unity. That the world would know that, God, that Jesus loves us. Or excuse me. That Father God loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Can I say that? If we'd come together and love each other, number one, the world would know that Jesus is the real deal if we would love each other. Number two, if we'd come together and love each other and do life together as Christians unifying together and say, you know what, yeah, yeah, I don't agree with everything you're doing. I don't agree with everything I'm doing, but we're still better together. I still love you. In fact, I love someone enough, I'm going to love you, and, and you might not like him, and you might not like her, but I'm going to love you both. That's what we're called. That's who we're called to be. And the early church got this, and it was a round table fellowship that they would gather around and that they would share. They cared for each other. There's some of you here today that the truth is you have not been protected, nurtured, Loved, prayed for, prayed with. You haven't had that happen. There's some of you, you haven't had that happen in years. There's some of you here today, you say, Tim, I get it. I'm in a community group, and I love community group. When we launched this church, I said this. I said, I'd rather you be in community group than come here on Sunday morning. The truth is, I think we need both. But I would rather, the heart of a pastor, I would rather you be in a group where people know you, because I can't know everybody, and I want to, and I'm trying hard to memorize your names. But I can't, I can't know everyone at Momentum Church. But you can be known in group. You can be loved in group. It thrilled my heart this summer. We went to the hospital for one of the ladies in a video you're going to see in just a second. And we got there, Steph and I, on Friday. We went there to check on her and her baby. And, and one of the first things she said, we said, man, has anyone come by? And she said, our community group's already come by this morning. Yes. Yes. That's the win. That's the win. Community. We have some ladies um, that, I tell you what, they just love their community group. And uh, I want you to watch this video it will turn you on to the power of community. Let's look at the screens and watch this. I decided to lead a community group um, when some ladies came up to me and started saying they really want to be a part of a group and there weren't very many options. And I remember thinking, I'm not capable of leading a group. I've always been a part of a group and I, I wouldn't know all the answers. I don't, I don't know Bible verses like our pastor. I, I don't know if I'll be able to answer people's questions. And 
God just kept speaking to me, bringing these women to me. And so I called Stephanie Payne one day and said, I feel like I need to lead a group, but I think I'm crazy. And she said, no, that's awesome, do it. And in no time we had a house full of women wanting, ready to just seek the Word of God and um, fellowship together. And it was, it just became very powerful very quickly. So we had one particular lady that joined our group and um, her son was having a hard time sleeping at night and wasn't sleeping for more than two hours at a time before waking up and sometimes not going back to sleep. And um, he'd already had one sleep study done and they needed him to sleep six hours straight and he couldn't, he didn't. And um, so she had another one coming up 21 days away. Her husband was deployed and um, she was just going to be on her own um, trying to help him sleep through the night and get through the sleep study and we decided as a group that we were going to circle it in prayer and we had 21 days to just get on our knees and at 5:25 p.m. every day our alarms went off on our phones and we dropped to our knees and we prayed for this family we prayed for her husband being deployed we prayed for the mom we prayed for um, the children we prayed for her son to sleep and for the sleep study to go well and the night of the sleep study he slept eight hours straight and it was incredible um, I get chills every time I say it it was it was a miracle and we all got to see it and be a part of it and and now I get to share it and it it has made being the leader of a community group worth every every moment, every time I had a thought that I wasn't capable or couldn't do it. God showed me that He can use anyone and He was using our group to, to perform miracles. And our group now has just become a family and we just we cry together, we laugh together, we meet for dinner, we play together with our kids, we babysit, we cook meals. We are a family and I love my community group and I'm so glad that I decided to lead one. I'm Crystal Saylor and I lead a community group.